Friends, would you please pray with me this morning? Gracious God, we thank you for this great opportunity. We pray, Lord, that we would be found to do something absolutely amazing with it. In your name we pray. Amen. For as long as I can remember, Easter has always been a now and later moment in my life. Growing up, every Easter Sunday, my mom would say to me, you go to church now and you can look for your Easter basket later. And that wasn't a suggestion, that was an authoritarian statement of fact of how it was going to be. And my parents, my parents got really serious mileage out of the later part. Because it wasn't just that we were going to go to church now, we were also going to do family pictures now. And do you know how long family pictures take on Easter? And, it, and then you have to do Easter brunch now. And if you do all of this now and behave yourself, then later you get to have an Easter basket, which when you are seven is a really big deal. So we were always very well behaved and well dressed for as long as we possibly could be on Easter Sunday. And my parents, around three o'clock in the afternoon, finally got around to letting us do Easter baskets. So here we are as the church on resurrection morning. We're talking about an event that happened over 2,000 years ago. And it's an event that has had some pretty awesome implications for those of us who believe those implications, for the most part, we think are somewhere later down the road. But what about right now? I mean, why, why bother with this every single year? There's so many other things that you could be doing this morning. But if you think that Easter is just about the past, and it's only important because of what it means for your future, then you're going to miss out on the here and now. And if you're missing out on the here and now, then you're going to sit here this morning wondering, how long is Pastor Hope going to speak before we can go look for Easter baskets? For those of you that are timing it, 40, 45 minutes. Easy. Just the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Apostle Paul, who was one of the most outspoken followers of Jesus, wrote letters to people all over the, the ancient world where he had gone and he had planted churches. And these churches, when they were formed, were formed with the idea that Jesus was coming back and he was coming back quickly. And they wanted to be ready for that. Meaning, meaning that once Jesus came back, everyone would have the opportunity to enter into the kingdom of heaven if they had believed in him. The only problem with this was a timeline issue. So after a while, these people in these churches that Paul had started, they got tired of waiting because they thought that this was going to be an immediate comeback. And, and it wasn't necessarily that they didn't believe in Jesus. They just didn't believe that he was coming back anytime soon. And once they lost their sense of urgency, they started to lose the passion that comes with the resurrection. So Paul decided to write this letter to encourage them. This is a, this is a different translation than the one that Kathy read, but it's, it's one that, um, that I think you'll hear easier. 
He wrote, friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaimed and that you made your own, this message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. He's talking to people who are believers, but people who have done Easter Sunday over and over and over again, and, and they do it because of tradition, but they're not really sure that they're ready to explain it out to the world why they're still doing it. The first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me, that the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as the scripture tells it, that he was buried, that he was raised from death on the third day, again, exactly as the scripture said, that he presented himself alive to Peter and then to his closest followers and later to more than 500 of his followers at the same time. Most of them are still around, although a few have since died that he spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him. Jesus rose from the dead. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. That's why we're here. That's why Easter matters. Jesus rose from the dead. Don't be looking at the cross on Easter. Don't be looking at that. Go look at the empty tomb. He looked death right in the face and overcame it. So I want you to think about what that means for you. Think about all of those things that kill your life, that eat at your life every day, things that hurt your relationships, that hurt your health. I want you to think about all of that ugliness and nastiness and hatred that brings death and destruction to the world around us. Think about all those words and labels and actions that tear you apart and tear you down. And I want you to take all of that, all of your regret, all of your to-dos, all of your missed opportunities, all of your lackluster intentions, and I want you to turn it into one gigantic, disgusting, seemingly insurmountable, inescapable obstacle of death. And then know this, Jesus rose from it. He overcame all of it. And he defeated it for all of us once and for all. And he did it for just one reason. Just one reason. He did it out of love. He faced down every demon that the world has ever known, that you have ever known. And he arose victorious. And Paul knew this. He knew this not as some rumor or some fairy tale, but because of eyewitness accounts. That's why he listed all of them for the people in Corinth. This wasn't just one or two random sightings. There were hundreds of people who saw the risen Christ. Now, I imagine that the people of Corinth got this letter from Paul and they thought, yeah, 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 we know all this. What does this have to do with today? Well, Paul says that he finally, Jesus finally presented himself alive to me. And Paul says that it was fitting for him to bring up the rear. I don't deserve to be included in the inner circle because as you well know, having spent all those early years trying my best to stamp God's church right out of existence, but because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. And I'm not about to let this grace go to waste. 
Haven't I worked hard trying to do more than any of the others? Even then, my work didn't amount to all that much. It was God, God giving me the work to do, God giving me the energy to do it. So whether you heard it from me or from those others, it is all the same. We spoke God's truth and you entrusted your lives. Can you put yourself in Paul's place? Try it. Try it this afternoon. Go back and look at this scripture and recall that moment when Jesus presented himself alive to you, when Jesus became real in your life. You, you, he did it for you. You who have judged the worth of other people. You who have wasted time and resources. You who have caused hurt and pain far beyond what you are even aware of. You might not even want to be here this morning. And yet the truth remains. Jesus' resurrection has everything, everything to do with you, whether or not you even believe it. That's the now of the resurrection. Jesus didn't defeat death just, just for people who were standing at the cross that one Good Friday. He didn't overcome sin just for Paul, who was the least of the apostles, unfit to even be called an apostle. He didn't rise from the dead just for the good people, the ones who don't even have so much as a speeding ticket or a tattoo or even high blood pressure. Certainly Jesus died for them, but he also died for the rest of us. He died for you so that he could be alive for you. Jesus took on and defeated sin and death so that you wouldn't have to go through this life, the one that you're living right now, this very life, with guilt and shame, so that you wouldn't have to carry burdens with you, so that you could have freedom. Right now, you are not your sin. You're not. You are a child of God who has been forgiven and redeemed. And that means that you don't have to wait for this earthly life to end to experience the joy of the resurrection, the benefits of what Christ accomplished on the cross and through the empty tomb. See, right now, right now, you get a clean slate and you get to start again. Right now, you have an identity as one who was very quite possibly on the brink of death, but God said, I love you and I give you new life. Right now, in this present moment, you can experience the depth of love in a way that you have never known because Jesus gave up his life for you, went through hell for you so that you wouldn't have to do it anymore. And so right now, you have this freedom, this freedom to move away from a life that is filled with the ugliness of sin and turn towards a life of grace and mercy. It is beautiful. Right now, you can speak up for justice. You can proclaim truth. Right now, you no longer have to fear death because you already know. You already know that you can live this life full of the goodness of God because you have been promised an eternal life in Jesus Christ. 
And then it's because we have that promise of eternal life, because we believe in what happens later that gives the right now so much value. Paul wants us to understand that if Jesus rose from the dead, which was attested to by hundreds of eyewitnesses, and we believe in Jesus, then we must also believe in the resurrection of the dead. Not just for ourselves, but for all who believe in him. And when you believe that, when you believe that there is more to come than this life, you're going to lead this life very, very differently. You're going to lead a life that loves others, that serves others, that puts yourself in an inconvenienced way to pour yourself out for others because you already know that this isn't all that there is and that there's so much more waiting for you. We get to live now in the light of eternity. It's so much easier to give away your life in this world when you are confident that there is an eternal life to come. So at the end of the day, the Easter message is this. No guilt in life. No fear in death. That is the now and the later of Easter. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen.